The views and content expressed on the following program are provided solely for informational and entertainment purposes. They do not constitute legal advice. A podcast is not a substitute for retaining a competent, licensed attorney to advise you on your specific legal situation. How's it going, everybody? Welcome to the show. It is time for Break the Business, where we empower indie creators and have some fun along the way. I'm Ryan Corella, and it is a pleasure to have you here this week joining us on Twitch. You're joining us on YouTube Live, Facebook Live, Periscope, Sirius XM Channel 145, and on all sorts of podcast platforms. Wherever you are taking in Break the Business, we are happy to have you. Speaking of people that I'm happy to have with me, let me go ahead and bring on my producer, Lauren. Hi, Lauren. How are you doing? Hi, Ryan. Good to see you and good to be uh, seen, I guess, on it air. It is Hello, good audience. to see you. Viewers, listeners, Lauren has the difficult job of producing this program and keeping it on the rails, and she has the even more difficult and perhaps even uh, less thankful, more thankless job of being my sister, <laughs> and uh, both of which are difficult and both of which she handles quite well. Lauren, how are you? I'm doing great, and you're not a difficult brother at all. No. You're wonderful. That is, that is, uh, <laughs> that's incredibly kind. I owe you a, a huge debt of gratitude, Lauren. We've been doing Break the Business for five years. It has always been a podcast. It's always been audio. It's been me at a table, and it's been a very lonely project, Break the Business, you know, because it's just me alone by myself. Yeah, we have guests, but they're not live, so it, it still sort of feels disconnected. And with your help, with L.E.K. Entertainment, your company's help, you've made this a live living creature where we get to interact with guests in real time, with you in real time, with the fans in real time. The, the chat element is all just so much fun for me. And it's really just made me fall in love with this program all over again uh, years later. So thank you for everything you've done to just keep this whole thing afloat. Yay, thanks. The the magic of live streaming really is, you know, it's magic. It's a, it's a new world and I'm I'm glad to help uh out making our way in that new world. Uh live streaming is a lot of fun. It is. And I've been really encouraged by seeing performers of all stripes. Musicians of course, but also actors and comedians and all sorts of indie creators embracing this medium and making the most of it and particularly during the pandemic, falling in love with it and realizing the power it has to not just create cool content that can be put right into a person's home or right on their mobile device or on their iPad or something, but it's also a great tool for fan engagement because of this interactive element with the guests and the comments and things like that. And I've really dug it, and I've really dug doing this project with you. Um, before, before we talk more about that, I do want to mention uh, coming up after the break, our guest this week, somebody that I know Lauren's a big fan of too, Mary Jennings Mm -hmm. is going to be joining us. Do you remember Lauren, the first time I saw Mary Jennings perform live, it was with you in New York city. Do you remember this? It was like 10 years ago. Way back in the day and like a hole in the wall down near, uh, Washington Square somewhere. It was like, yeah, kind of West Villagey, <laughs> super dank, but it was a piano, it like was, a real one. It wasn't like a keyboard. That's it was true. like a real piano. Credit where credit is due. They did have <laughs> a, uh, a a working piano, and you know, just only a few rats kind of rolling around in there. And but, <laughs> where do you go in New York where there isn't some? That's that, fair. So. <laughs> but Mary, ever since we saw her perform ten years ago, we've both been huge fans of hers. 
I'm both a fan of hers as a performer and what she does uh, behind the mic and on the piano, but also what she does as an indie artist. She's been a successful, incredible indie creator for probably close to two decades now, just being consistently awesome. She's got a new album out, which I'm always very happy about, Matriarch. We're going to talk to her about her process and putting that together. She's got a new baby, which I know she's going to be... Pretty excited about. Hopefully, we can get some uh, cute baby pictures out of all this because she does have. She got a cute baby. She got a real cute baby. That she's one. like four now. Four now? Five? Yeah. Now? She's saying five. She's in the four chat. now. Five? Yeah. Well, you know, they're they're babies. <laughs> they're babies for a while. <laughs> she's adorable. Is the point? That is a the cute pandemic kid. made us lose like a couple of years in our reference frame. So like that doesn't even count. It really did. <laughs> I, I don't. I don't like the fact that. I still think it's 2019 mentally, and we're closer to 2022 than 2021 now at this point, and that's messing me up. Oh, my gosh. Up. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't yeah. even think about that. That's weird. <laughs> it's, it's, <laughs> it's real gross. I'm, I do not like it. All right, before we talk about our yeah. segment this week, I, I want to give you, Lauren, a chance to do some much-deserved uh, horn tooting on your part. When you're not producing this illustrious program, Break the Business, you are producing a wide range of entertainment projects for a bunch of creators. You are an instrumental figure in moving forward a lot of different indie creators' projects uh, through LEK Entertainment. And you most recently uh, have been honored for this sort of work. Can you tell us what the Theater Makers Awards have done for you recently? Yay! Um, the Theater Makers Studio, for those of you that are indie creators and looking for a, a new venture, uh, Theater Makers Studio supports uh, indie creators in the theatrical world and helps them self-produce their own shows, write their own shows. They have a course that's write a play in 30 days, help get produced, whatever. And uh, once a year, they hold an award ceremony for theater makers, and they nominate different producers, directors, performers uh, for shows that were done uh, that year. And during the pandemic, I produced my first audio play with uh, a member that I met in the Theater Maker Studio, and we were nominated for a collaboration of the year. So the award ceremony is this Sunday, and I can pop up a little, the Theater Whoa. Makers Awards are coming up this Sunday. Cute. <laughs> I like the font. <laughs> Go Ken Davenport and the Theater Maker Studio. Uh, and yeah, so we're kind of looking forward to that. Congratulations to all of the nominees. Just to scroll through some of them here so you guys can see Song of the Year. There we are on collaboration, uh, but plays, musicals. And I, I do highly recommend all of these wonderful theater makers and creators out there. If you're a musician and you've never thought of getting into the theater world, I actually highly recommend it. There's a number of music people who have found a way to uh, kind of solidify their place in history by moving into the musical theater world, whereas a lot of your music kind of disappears into the ethers. Musical theater shows get performed over and over again for generations, and it's uh, it's a beautiful way to tell a story as well. The story behind how your nominated project that came together is is really, really cool. And I think it's illustrative in terms of the advice it can impart for indie creators. So you created this, this what you're nominated for. We can tell the name of it, right? We saw it there in the, uh, sure. in the image it's there. Sure. Company it's, Matters the Musical. Company Matters the Musical. It's an audio musical that you produced with, with, a, with a group of performers. I played a very small role in it, and despite that, it still came out really well. And <laughs> this, thing, this thing was really cool, and you made it during you know, the pandemic, 
in a socially distant manner and gave it opportunities for a lot of actors and other creative professionals to still be able to create art in a safe environment and produce something that was really special and just a wonderful collaborative effort. In a time when theaters around the world were closed, and as Mary Amber just said here, you know, I miss watching musicals. Right. And I, I not only, I miss watching them, I miss waking them. I miss being in a room with other creative people, bouncing ideas off of them and trying things out while we create something that is not individual to us, but rather something that can only be, come from collaboration. And I can't wait to get back into rooms with a whole bunch of people again. Uh, that being said, the opportunity to test new ways to create theater is a welcome thing. And I was excited to find ways to create in a world where uh, we had to be distant from each other in a social way. And I'm really glad that that was kind of recognized and it was it was kind of fun to try new things and go way bigger since you couldn't see things and we were in an audio only medium to try to go larger than life and to fill in a lot of those holes so you felt like you were watching something even though it was just uh being listened to it was it's a really inspiring story and we're all rooting for you and look we'll say all, all day it's an honor to be nominated it's just great to be one of the fellow nominees blah 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 no 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 i want you to win we, we, like <laughs> Nominee is great, and, and, and we, we'll call you a Theater Maker Awards nominee uh, forever <laughs> and ever uh, until you shuffle off this mortal coil. But we want to bring home some dubs here at Break the Business. So all of us watching, listening, let's throw some good vibes Lauren's way. You know, We are so grateful to L.E.K. Entertainment for making this crazy-ass live stream work every week, and she deserves it. So best of luck. And, uh, that being said, crossed. to kind of plug and pitch myself there, I love all kinds of fun projects. So if you guys have something that you kind of want to think out of the box and figure out a way to get your story told, let's play. Let's come up with something fun to do. Right on. What was what, uh, LEKentertainment.com, right? Yep. Fabulous. All right. I want to bring this back to live streaming, okay? Because Jeez. speaking of guests on this program that we have had a great time with, how much did you enjoy having Leonard Patterson on the show a few weeks back? Oh, Wasn't he, he was wonderful. Yes. Um, and I believe he just uh, sent us in some stuff, right? You mean a copy of his oh. latest book, 365 Livestream Ideas for Musicians, a creative reference guide for sharing fun, practical, and profitable live streams. Hey. The day that that came into my office, you also arrived at my house and... I was like, oh, Ryan's here, so I should give it to him. And then I was like, oh, I kind of wanted to read it first. So I sent it away. So I, I have to borrow it from you when you're done with it. I got oh, well, to steal it back. I'll tell you, Lauren, I'm already <laughs> done with it. I, I dove right into this thing. I couldn't put it down. I was, I was annotating it the whole way. Leonard Patterson, Break the Business guest and live streaming expert, wrote a pretty terrific tome here. I really enjoyed it. And I figured I'd want to start the show off by just talking about a couple things from his book that really spoke to me. Uh, again, the book, 365 Livestream Ideas for Musicians. In particular, he had a great chapter on creating live, stream, live streaming content. Basically, the emphasis was to, if, if you're itching for content ideas, give your fans a window into your behind-the-scenes life. And so the book gives you has a bunch of great prompts for behind-the-scenes content ideas. And by the way, while these prompts certainly work for live streamers i think they could also work for youtubers tiktokers podcasters even just social media posts and i'm sure mary jennings would totally agree with this and you know in the next segment but fans especially fans today that crave authenticity 
They want to see that behind-the-scenes experience. They want to feel like they're part of your process, whether it's somebody like Mary Amber, who has a whole Twitch stream where she lets people write songs with her on Twitch and let them contribute lyrics ideas, or uh, an artist like Emma Stevens, who takes pictures of her backstage and then like sends the Polaroids to random fans so they feel like they're part of the process. Behind-the-scenes content ideas are always a winner, and so the book has a bunch of great ones, and I just wanted to take a few of them. By the way, if you like the ones that are there that we're going to talk about, there's so many more where that came from. So definitely grab this book, 365 Live Stream Ideas for Musicians by Leonard Patterson. But here are a couple of them that I just want to throw up here, Lauren, that I think are a huge win. And I think that whatever kind of medium you are, musician, podcaster, you could use some of these in your own process. Like uh, one of the ones that Leonard Patterson talks about, give a virtual tour of your live stage setup, your live stream layup, your recording setup, whatever you as a creator use to create, let your fans see what that looks like. I want to do some posts like that as well, where people can see this, the live streaming setup that I have here. And, you know, all the, the computers and the ring light, I think people would dig that. I love seeing that on TikTok, by the way. The virtual tour video is such a winner on TikTok in particular because, you know, a one to three minute video where you show, oh, this is my studio. This is where I go to get my coffee. Uh, these are, this is my guitar collection. It fits that micro video format of TikTok so well. But it also works really well for live streaming as well. I can just imagine with, a, with Company Matters, when you were putting that show together and you had all the different performers in the socially distanced booths and, and all the, and the engineers and all the people that were creating it, that would have been some cool behind the scenes photos. You know, yeah, definitely. We were doing all audio at the time and I went into live stream right after, but if we had been able to live stream some of the making of, I think it would have had a great following. Yeah. Yeah. And in that same vein, bringing your fans into your process. I mean, that's, that's really kind of what we're talking about here with behind the scenes content ideas, whether it's a tour of your live stage setup or just talking about your creative process, your fans might want to know, how do you write a song? How do you come up with content ideas? How do you decide uh, what, what you're going to paint? Whatever your, whatever your pleasure is as a, as an artist, whatever your medium is, let people see that process. Um, even show your fans that process, you know, uh, maybe show people a, if you want to do a longer video, like what does your prep process look like for a, for a show prep for a podcast or a TikTok video or a YouTube video or something like that. You can pre-record it or bringing it back to live streaming, a live stream where you're behind the scenes. Uh, one of the ideas that, uh, that's kind of related to that, that Leonard Patterson talks about in his book, is actually broadcasting a stream of your band meeting. If you're, if you're in a band or a group of collaborators, I mean, imagine the, the behind, you know, for the, for the fans who crave that behind the scenes feel, that behind the scenes experience. Imagine if they got to watch one of your band meetings and watch you guys exchange ideas, go at it, maybe even have a little conflict because that happens. But you know, how cool would that be for your fans to, to see the raw, uh, you know, beautiful, but also crazy product of just the meeting between the collaborators. That to me sounds like a great piece of behind the scenes content. I was thinking about even vocal warmups. You've got a lot of vocalists who, who sing. And if they did a bit of the warmup procedures that they go through and other vocalists could even sing along with them for their vocal warmups, I think that's kind of a behind the scenes thing that might be interesting. Oh, I like that. You know, that people can watch uh, the, Mommy Made Me Mash My M&M's. That's always a popular one. Uh, yeah, me, me, Mama, I love boo. to sing. <laughs> exactly. <right? Yeah. laughs> uh, pe people would 
people definitely would dig that. Um, and I think a big part of this idea of behind-the-scenes content is for to give your fans also a window of what your life is like when you're not on stage, but you're also not preparing. Like, what's talk about some of your non-musical routine. Talk about you do know, you have any non-musical talents? How to make talents? a dream catcher or how to make a bolo tie? You know. <laughs> Uh, yes, our, our guest Mary Jennings is a, a bolo tie wizard. She has her own bolo tie company. And dream catchers. They're pretty epic. I don't know if you've seen them. <laughs> I didn't know she also did dream catchers, too. I knew about the bolo ties. But, She's expanding. But even though, <laughs> even though bolo ties and dream catchers, one would think, oh, what does that have to do with Mary Jennings' music? It's all part of the richer picture of her. But it has to do with Mary Jennings, exactly. Yes. And Mary Jennings as an artist isn't just about music. And I think that all creators need to learn that, especially like as a business, uh, you know, you could have, I like Yamaha is, is my favorite example. Cause you can get a Yamaha guitar or a Yamaha boat motor or like, I, I'm like, all right, I don't know, whatever. <laughs> like, they're happy to make money on whatever they can make money on. And they're creating things that are useful. Be and like so Yamaha. If you're creating things, <laughs> yeah, be like Yamaha. <laughs> that's funny. Um, and but, you know, to me, that's so perfect. I would say if, if I had a just blanket criticism of many indie artists, it's that they don't do a good enough job taking inventory of their non-musical or non-podcasting, whatever their medium is, their talents outside of that medium. When I often will work with artists, one of the first things that I'll do, and I have, I have the list that I use in the Break the Business book, I have like a hundred question questionnaire that I have them answer. And many of the questions that I ask are, what skills do you have that are unrelated to your medium? You know, do you like to paint? Do you like to sculpt? Can you say the alphabet backwards while doing handstands? You know, do you do gymnastics? Do you take, do you play sports? And the reason why I ask artists all of these things is not just to make them feel good about how they're talented at all these things, but because all of these (laughs) things can be a part of the person that you share with the world and you know can help promote mary jennings the person as opposed to just mary jennings the musician and to bring it back to leonard patterson's content ideas all of those things can be content ideas and especially during you know some of those doldrums where you you can't think of a good social media post to post or a good tiktok video to make if you have some other talent that is unrelated to your field you can share that with your fans, or if you're really savvy, find a way to connect your non-artistic talent to your artistic talent in creative ways. Like, let's say you are a musician, but maybe you're also a fantastic cook. How about a recurring cooking segment where your music's playing in the background? I mean, who wouldn't love that? I met a, uh, what was he? He was some kind of surgeon the other day who's also an indie artist. And all wow. of the stuff that I know, right? What? That's a fun side what? hobby. Uh, I'll have to get his information and bring it back. But like, oh, all I'm not of the writing content... music, I'd cut people open and take their hearts out. Yeah. Well, it was more so that he needed a way to process all the trauma he was seeing and going through. Mm. Like he was seeing so much stuff, but he's also marketed so much of what he's done as it's music being created from somebody who's watching other people suffer all the time and trying to help them and heal them with both his medical skills and his music. And I was very interested in that kind of balance. I mean, that's, I mean, mean, gosh, that particular artist, what a great story that they would have. I mean, 
the the surgeon musician imagine the tiktok videos you're making talking about balancing those lives or you know or uh interweaving musical content with like medical stuff and you know having a segment about like uh five things on gray's anatomy that are completely uh, unrealistic or something and <laughs> exchanging it in with your music I mean the I, I mean the 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 musical surgeon that would be a huge thing on TikTok as nobody else is doing that because it's really hard to become a surgeon and to create music and create that's music, not an yeah. easy thing like, either right the, the Venn diagram there is very small <laughs> connection point there in the middle and that's what makes you marketable no matter what mm-hmm. it is you're going to be that intersection of the things that make you you you're going to be this world and this world and there's going to be very few people that can make the balance of things that you can. So finding that is what makes you valuable and connects you to your audience. Absolutely. And the last piece of content ideas that I I wanted to uh, talk about, and by the way, as I said before, there are so many more. I just grabbed a few. If you want the rest, check out that book, 365 live stream ideas for musicians. It is a, it is a terrific read. It's a, it's not, it's not like a a massive tome that's going to take you forever to get through. It is just the facts, ma'am. And it is, uh, it's really, really something else. But the last piece of advice that I have here is, uh, streaming your morning routine. I mean, whether it's streaming it or just making a video of it or posting it on social media, I, I love watching these morning routine posts on TikTok. I think a lot of uh, a lot of creators on TikTok like to do that. A day in my life is a blah blah blah, and then you get to watch them drink their iced coffee and do their morning <laughs> stretches, and it's a great way to give you a window into your process. <laughs> yeah, so brushing, brushing your my teeth, teeth, all that. My morning routine would be fun. They could follow me and let the chickens out and feed the fish. The chickens like- that you have, absolutely. <laughs> you have. By the way, there is a whole TikTok <laughs> subgenre of. Like, like farming cottage core stuff that people are obsessed with. Like one of the most famous TikTok accounts is this lady who just has like a farm full of animals, and all she does is just post every day about like opening the barn door and letting all the chickens out, and here are my goats, and this is the cat, and the cat is you know always sleeps in that cat, and everybody like knows the name of every animal on the farm, and so the people in the TikTok comments are like, I didn't you know. Boy, you know, your sheep Louise looked tired today. Are you sure Louise is okay? And they fall in love with all these animals. I mean, like those, I mean, Lauren, if you streamed the chickens every day or you, or you there TikTok the chickens every day. There is a 24 hour chicken coop cam. I mean, anybody who wants to watch the chickens. Is the, the chicken, chicken coop cam. cam still up? Oh, yeah. I oh, watch no. the chickens all the time. There was a big giant iguana <laughs> in the chicken coop the other day. I mean, like, it had to be at least three, four feet long. I don't know how he got in there, but he was just walking through the middle. Oh my gosh! That's... Chicken coop cam. <laughs> well, I mean, one of the this most famous moments of this uh, of this fairly new break the business live stream was when you had you brought that <gasps> live day. duck cam into the show. Mm-hmm. I mean, that that was glorious, absolute glorious day that was. I have right. like a middle of Miami animal rescue going on here. <laughs> you would not picture me in the middle of Miami, Florida. I swear I am. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's it. It doesn't really fit the city, but. Uh, Although most people will tell you, like, you go to certain parts of Miami, you'll just find chickens walking down the street. Downtown Absolutely. Miami, if you go to, like, the courthouse, there's just chickens everywhere. It's like being in Hawaii or Cuba <laughs> or any of those countries. Absolutely. Like, they just wander. <laughs> Absolutely. Before we get to uh, Mary Jennings here, I do have a piece mm-hmm. of uh, entertainment legal news this week that I wanted to share. Why did you judge me? You uh, killed innocent people. The means to an end. You started a massacre. I caused the revolution. You betrayed the law. Oh, I just realized you probably don't know about our Judge Dredd sound effect when we play entertainment yeah. law news. It's been so long since we've 
<laughs> since we played this clip. Yes, that's our that's our entertainment law yeah. news sound effect that we play that we haven't played in like three months. So I, I bet a bunch of people are confused, but we have to play it for entertainment law news. Let me ask you something, Lauren. Mm-hmm. When a song is played on AM or FM radio in the United States, so I'm not talking about like, you know, your fancy Sirius XM radio, but just honest to God, terrestrial radio, you know, AM, DJ, how much do you think the recording artist gets paid for that? Like when it's played one time on terrestrial radio? I'm pretty sure they had to like pay to get on for a while, right? It was like a negative profit. <laughs> well, it was like it was like let me pay off the DJ so that I can get some airtime. Well, uh, that, I didn't know that's, they ever that's got That's illegal paid. now, but yeah. Did they ever get paid anything? Well, the the answer is if you said anything above $0, you'd be wrong. <laughs> yeah, I I mean it's always been ugly, but I didn't think they got paid. Well, yeah, they, they don't. And yeah, yes, you're right. Up until like the 1950s or 1960s, yeah, you, they would pay to get on the radio, but you can't do that anymore, or, or, you know, at least not legally. Or at least it's frowned upon, That's I right. Guess. But <laughs> the answer is, right, a recording artist does not get paid when their music is played on the radio in the United States. And the United States, I believe, is one of only like four countries where this is the case. And I think joining us, joining this illustrious coalition is... North Korea, Iran, and China. So, you know, good company. Yeah, yeah. We're, we're feel- in terms of in terms of public access. That's I mean, right. we're, you know? feeling, we're feeling good about our allies on this one. Yeah, uh, you know, uh, I always thought they figured it was like advertisement, not that that was justified. But you know, they were like, if we play, you're getting advertisement. That well, that theory turns into sales. But. That's the that's the argument that the uh, the radio stations make. So, let me give you an idea of the legal landscape here. So, the law doesn't actually require terrestrial radio stations, AM and FM, to pay what are called public performance royalties to recording artists or sound recording owners when that music is played on the radio. Contrast that with the fact that owners of the musical composition, the songwriters, those folks get paid. Those people get what are called public performance royalties through ASCAP, BMI, and CSAC. So those folks get paid. The record companies and, more importantly, the recording artists do not because of this including quirk. musicians on the album which i know is a thing like your producers your yeah, guitarists exactly. your bass players your drummers yeah all those people and now the reason why i keep saying terrestrial radio lauren is because they are unique in this world because other forms of radio that you might be accustomed to whether it's internet radio whether it's uh sirius xm where we uh where we have our little program on channel, channel 145, 145 that's right <laughs> Um, or even streaming services like Spotify, Pandora, things like that. All of those groups have to pay the owners of sound recordings and have to pay featured artists when their music is played on those platforms. Terrestrial Radio just has this carve-out. that, And obviously that's unfair, right? If, if Sirius XM has to pay on satellite radio, why don't terrestrial radio stations pay? And the answer why is... Why didn't they? Well, and the, the, the answer... That's a great question. The answer <laughs> is that every time... Congress tries to uh, make this a discussion and try to correct this problem. Not that we don't love being in the same sentence as North Korea and Iran on anything, but every time this every time this uh, tries to be broached, the the big uh, radio station conglomerates, your Cox radios, your Entercoms, your Cumuluses, they come out and they make sure that that discussion ends in Congress because they have a lot of power. But there is a new legal effort in the in Congress that might. Finally, finally, he says with trepidation, this could be the time where we finally get uh, recording artists paid. 
We have uh, what is now being sponsored by Democratic Representative Ted Deutsch and Republican Daryl Issa. The American Music Fairness Act. Right. Bipartisan in Congress. Can you believe oh, that? Two people together. This Crazy. is the only thing we can get Democrats <laughs> and Republicans to agree on. If, you, know. you know what, though? Honestly, best time, because if you're going to turn around and say we're fighting over everything, if you can find something we can agree on, which is like what we can pay musicians that are actually working on something, I, it doesn't matter where you start. Find something you can agree on and let's move forward. One piece it. of common ground. That's <laughs> all we ask Democrats and Republicans. So the American Music Fairness Act would create a a uh, public performance royalty similar to what is known as sound exchange for like satellite radio stations that would finally get rec- featured recording artists paid, producers paid, record labels paid, or just indie artists who own their own sound recordings get all of those folks paid. And the argument that your your big radio conglomerates would try to make is if if radio stations had to pay these different people then your mom-and-pop radio stations would go out of business. The nonprofit radio stations would go out of business, college radio, things like that. But the legislation contains exemptions for all of those groups and only wants the big companies to pay. So or hopefully, like discounts, I think. Yeah. It's not necessarily exemptions. It was like they pay 10 bucks a month or something. Yeah, it's, it's a much it, yeah. lower fee to... You know, so they have some skin in the game, but like it's not going to bankrupt your local mom-and-pop radio station. Not that there's too many of, of those still left. But and I mean, but like, even if you're going to say it's a gesture, like the fact that a college radio station is paying ten dollars a month says that they're aware that it's something that should be paid. And that's a bigger step than we had before. So, right. you know, <laughs> and now the reason why I bring this this piece of legislation up and I don't know if it's going to pass or not, like there's, you know, as any fan of Schoolhouse Rock knows, there is a lot that happens between when a bill gets proposed and it actually getting signed by Joe Biden at some point. I'm there's a whole song it. about it. And I'm sitting here on Capitol Hill. <laughs> exactly. And so, you know, I don't know what's going to happen, but I talk about these things because these things do matter for indie creators. And we all on the show, whenever there is a piece of legislation that could move the needle for indie creators, we want to get you guys talking about it so that the advocacy can begin because this is something it's, I mean, there is no, there is no legitimate excuse anymore. Like the radio stations will make the, we're promoting artists argument. This is a commercial for artists. If anything, Mm -hmm. they should be paying us. But Mm -hmm. for that argument to be true, why does Sirius XM pay the artists? Why does internet radio pay the artists? And so, you know, that that doesn't fly with me. The one thing I want to do a call out to our audience is that, you know, you don't want to see it stuck in Congress this time. You don't want to see it held out. And what we have now that we didn't have in the past is this platform of social media and us getting out and getting in touch. So if this is something you want to see happen, make sure that you're reaching out to your local politicians or on social media or anything else and get the word out that this is happening so that they don't have a choice so that they go, wow, we better do something about this because there's a demand. I mean, they know there is, but the louder we are, the the better chance you have, you know. Very well said. I like it. Thanks. Mary Jennings coming up next. Don't go anywhere. We're back in two minutes here on Break the Business. Ryan Carella here. I hope you're enjoying the show, and I hope that you're getting a lot out of it. I do what I do because I care about creators like you. A lot. I've dedicated my career to helping creative professionals, entrepreneurs, and organizations move forward. I do it by hosting this program, and I'm also proud to do it in my legal practice. If you're a creative professional looking for solutions-oriented legal services to help you further your goals, I'd love to help. 
My firm RKPA does contracts, commercial law, copyright, trademark, and more. Visit rkpalaw.com to learn more. That's rkpalaw.com. Ryan A. Corella, PA, Miami, Florida. Streaming services for Break the Business provided by L.E.K. Entertainment. L.E.K. Entertainment is a full-service entertainment company offering everything from consultations to full-scale events and productions, including audio and video productions, voiceovers, staged theatrical productions, script and music development, and streaming services. For more information, visit lekentertainment.com. L.E.K. Entertainment wants to help you bring your story to life. Thanks for supporting Break the Business. If you have a question or topic that you want us to discuss, email us at breakthebusiness at gmail.com. You can follow the host, that's me, on Twitter at Ryan K-A-I-R, and you can follow the show at The BTB Podcast. Be sure to subscribe to the show on Twitch, YouTube, and Facebook, and on all major podcast platforms. And now, let's get back to the show. Welcome back to all of you gorgeous people checking us out on Twitch and Facebook Live, Periscope, YouTube, uh, Sirius XM, Channel 145, and all major podcast platforms. So, so happy to have you here on Break the Business. Let's bring on our guest, Lauren. She is a New York and Nashville-based singer-songwriter. Her new album, Matriarch, is available now, and you can find out more by visiting www.maryjennings.com. Mary Jennings is here on Break the Business. Hi, Mary. Every time I get to see Mary Jennings, (laughs) I am instantaneously put in a good mood. Um, That's because her smile is infectious. It is. Thanks, Um, guys. And every time Mary Jennings comes on, I have to tell the same Mary Jennings story. Because even though Mary Jennings has heard the story ten times, (laughs) we have new people here. And so they get to hear me just gush about Mary Jennings (laughs) once again. So as we said in the first segment... I, I, I met Mary about 10 years ago at the same time my sister Lauren did. We were at a bar in the West Village and saw her perform. And as Mary knows from this story, 10 years ago, walking through the West Village, I was just at a personal low point. Law school was crushing me. I was as homesick as homesick can be and just feeling lost in the world. And I go into this venue with my sister and the angelic incredible emotion-filled voice of Mary Jennings fills the room with her playing on stage with her piano and I instantly feel better just like you know the everything just washes over my shoulders I feel some peace for a little while and then after the show's over and this is incredible to me uh, of course after it's over I want to buy some of her merch right I want to I want to get all the I want to buy the entire Mary Jennings catalog and have it <laughs> into my life keep in mind this is like 2011 and, you know, CDs are still a kind of a thing at this point. I want all the CDs. And I think Mary... I recall more than one CD. Like, we went and there was more than one yeah, CD no, she, could the, buy. The, oh, tell yeah, me, the catalog was there. I was ready yeah. to liquidate her stuff. And <laughs> I don't know what it was, Lauren. Mary just must have sensed in my eyes or something. He's like... <laughs> This dude's in a way right now. This guy's in the briar patch. He needs and, me. And when I like tried to pay her for these albums, she just goes, just take them. You could, and 
And like she just like let me take her whole catalog. And, and of course, I enjoyed every single one of them. I've been a huge fan of hers ever since. And then when we started Break the Business, we've had her on as a guest a bunch of times. She helped us with the telethon uh, last year to help raise money for Sweet Relief. And she's just been always so wonderful. So just thank you for being you, Mary Jennings. Thanks. What a sweet intro, but you've got to realize that that feeling is totally mutual. And I mean, everything is um, like a cycle. I mean, if I hadn't given you those CDs, you may have just been like, yeah, I mean, these are good and like put them aside. But I think it was the connection and, you know, then we stayed in touch and here we are, you know, what, 10 years and later, you know, still hanging out and talking. Yeah, it's you've been stuck awesome. with us and ever since. And you've continued, you've it. been continued to be an inspiration since then. And I'm, oh you know, gosh. I don't, I don't often get to talk to you, but it's, uh, you know, you, you inspired my brother that night. My mother turned around and wound up buying a bunch of your stuff whenever <laughs> you did like a post or a thing. She was like collecting <laughs> stuff. Um, but beyond that, as a marketing campaign, like I feel like you, you never stop allowing access to yourself or finding ways to create or connect with your audience and your people. And I think that that's inspiring. Like your music is beautiful and that's also wonderful, but other creators can watch you just to get ideas. Like you're constantly creating. And I, I think that's just wonderful. Well, thanks. I appreciate that. I just, uh, I don't know. I, I just do what I do. I, I <laughs> think of myself as trying to be the artist that I would want to go see and give the things that I would want to receive, if that makes any sense. So try and keep it interesting. Well, uh, keeping it interesting is something that you're you're quite adept at. I want to, I want to talk about the new album. I want to talk about your your new music definitely. Sure. But there was something in your bio that I spotted, and I've never <laughs> asked you about this before. And Dang I'm it. almost afraid you're kidding when you wrote this in your bio, and I'm going to come out looking pretty stupid right here. I don't, but I don't kid. Your bio. bio, among the job descriptions that you've had in the past, you talk about being a teacher, aerobic instructor, yeah. bartender, yeah. all cool. You also worked as a paranormal investigator. Is that, that is not that is not past tense. Still do that okay. is an right. active. Stop thing. everything! Hold the phone. <laughs> Just like a, a web series where we can follow you. I was about to like say. <laughs> speaking, like, did we not talk in the last segment about about having behind the scenes content where you bring in skills that you have outside of your medium? <laughs> I would say this qualifies. What on earth, Mary Jennings, does it mean to be a paranormal investigator? What does this entail? So I joined the group that I'm with, which is um, it's a group. The Oh, yes. We're a team. I don't do this by myself. Who would do that by themselves? <laughs> That's Not a very me. good That is a good Not point. Not me. <laughs> I would definitely I'm definitely with a team of people. Um, <laughs> and I, oh, and let's be real. I bust nothing. I bust no, I'm not a ghost buster. I just check them out. I'm just like, oh, neat. You just say hi. I just, yeah. cool. I just, I just check in on the ghosts. Just visiting. I, I ghost visitors. <laughs> yeah. Ghost I visit, I, I investigate, um, but I'm with a team called um, Volunteer State Paranormal Research, because Volunteer State being in Tennessee. Sure. Mm -hmm. And um, I joined the team, it's probably been, I don't know, six or seven years ago now. Wow. And we haven't done any investigations, obviously, since COVID, because COVID. 
and uh, I'm also an isolation artist these days and don't go anywhere. Have the uh, ghosts socially distanced as well? Oh, no. They just, they're just like, yeah, party. Everyone's staying home. They're ignoring us now. Yeah. But um, I mean, we've done so many investigations. We've done Columbia High School several times, and that place was crazy. We did Octagon Hall, which is, um, I think that's either in Kentucky or really close to Kentucky. I can't remember exactly where it was. And they're closing that down now. We've done private homes. Um, what's your best story? I was just like a, you took the a, question yeah. right out of my mouth. What's the, what's, the, what's the spookiest thing? What still gives you chills up your own spine? Like, uh, From the research days, I would say that the craziest stuff happened at Columbia High School. Um, and I go into it, so, you know, I, th- I feel like each team member has their own personality that they bring to the group. And I'm the one that comes in that's like kind of the, ah, that could be something else. She's but the also, Agent Scully of the group. But I also get scared so fast. I'm like, <laughs> what was that? You'd what be the? so much fun on a series about it. Like, oh, you'd be that say. person who's like, Woo! I get so jumpy. So <laughs> jumpy. So. So I'm like, stop! Who's making that noise? No, for real. That was, that was the air conditioner, right? No, wait, what? So Mary, I'm not like, one to question your credentials here, but I feel like <laughs> jumpiness is not best quality in a paranormal <laughs> investigator. You just it it only is when it's like really legit. So at Columbia High School, everybody and you have to be so quiet. And everybody <laughs> thinks when you watch these shows, everybody thinks that there's stuff happening all the time, and it's so obvious, and it's loud. And no, to be a paranormal researcher, it's long, and it's dark, and it's quiet, and like 99.5 percent of the time, nothing is happening. And then that 0.5% of the time something happens and you're like, oh, oh my, oh my, that's, that's, that's intense. So like at Columbia High School, we had rows of, uh, we were in an auditorium and we had rows of chairs um, and they were all kind of connected to each other in, in the rows, but like each row was separate, if that makes any sense. Yeah. So all of us were separated in different rows. Right. So nobody would be affecting each other. And we had like rows in between where nobody was sitting. Right. Effectively, nobody was around me is what I'm trying to say here. In gotcha. a really complicated way. Nobody was sitting around me. Nobody was in my room. Or nobody so was you behind thought. Me. We're sitting there. We all have our, we have um, EMF detectors. We have our recorders and things like that out. And I'm just sitting there in a chair We've got some of our <laughs> we've got some of our EMF detectors that start going off and we're like, ooh, that's crazy. And the back of my chair got kicked. That was probably the most alarming because I was like, nobody could have done that. Yeah. Like Were you and, audible? Did you make everyone else in the auditorium like look over at you? Well, I, I got kicked and that was actually probably the most calm of a reaction for me that I've had because I was like, okay, my chair got kicked. I would have run out of the damn building no, it, immediately. it was fine because so I, I went, okay, my chair got kicked. And then I instantly looked around and was like, who did it? Because it was so obvious. Oh, I see. It could, I was like, no, that was a person. It was too much of a <laughs> kick to To be, scare you, right? Yeah. yeah. But like, nice try, guys. Right. I was sure I was being punked. Nobody was there. And they were like, okay. And I was like, no, but so that was okay. And it just sat back. It processed after the fact. Oh, yeah. no. Yeah. 
that would have been my lot. retirement from paranormal investigating. <laughs> no, it's not. Nah, that would have been fun. It's fascinating. It's so yeah. fascinating. And and you, know. you sound like you'd be a lot of fun to do it with because yeah. you'd be like comic relief in the quiet. <laughs> like you're sitting there like, oh, my God, this is boring. You'd be like, ah, at least it's fun when Mary's here. Yeah. <laughs> well, and again, I really I try to keep my cool. But and it's usually when like we're taking breaks where I really get the most scared, you know, because I've been so quiet to not disrupt any sort of recordings or contaminate our stuff. So I'm like, okay, I'm really quiet. I don't want to mess anything up. But then it's like, okay, break time. Okay, phew. And then we get up, and then somebody rounds a corner, and I'm like, who am I? Okay. <laughs> no, I'm good. <gasps> I'm, I'm totally done. I'm fine. No. I got this, guys. I got this. Yeah. It's okay. It's okay. I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. I'm, good. I'm, good. I'm just going to need a minute. You're just going to have to. It's cool. And then everybody thinks it's hilarious. So. Uh, it's entertaining. That, well, that is entertaining. I mean, but everything you do is entertaining. All right, I, I gotta, I gotta ask the indie music question here. Sure. I could, I have about a hundred more paranormal activity questions, uh, but, but if we if we go over an hour, Sirius XM gets mad. So, sure. To the indie music questions. Um, and we want to hear you play. So. Yeah. Oh yeah. Gosh. And there's that too. Okay. We gotta make sure that's on the list as well. Okay. Wow. There's we have we have quite an agenda. All right. So, um, you've been at this as an indie creator for. You know, probably close to 20 years now, you know, your first... Exactly 20 years was when my last record, or my first record That's what I meant. You've been doing this for exactly 20 years now. And um, it's it's cool to see indie artists be in that position because, you know, you're sort of like, you know, you you were at the beginnings of what we call this new music industry. And so you're our first kind of test case of having like a long-term career in this you know, kind of environment. So I'm curious based on that, can you reflect a little bit about what what it was like being an indie artist back then, twenty years ago, versus what it's like today? How is how is how have things differed for you? I mean, social media, you don't understand that when I first started doing this, there was no social media. That's how long I've been doing it. Um, you went into bars. Yeah. Was we didn't like, even have MySpace. Wow. Then. Yep. Yeah, that's when I started. Um, now, of course, MySpace began pretty early on in my career, but I was doing this in college. And so, you know, my indie artist career started with like that flyer handouts and the, you know, you printed out CDs and you did not hand out CDs because those were expensive. People <laughs> bought them. But that was back then. And then all of a sudden, you know, you fast forward some time and then the CDs become more of a promotional tool. And if you can sell them, great. But if you can't, it's more important for people to have your music. You've got to take it, please, because that's... You were standing out in the middle of the street in Times Square just handing them out for a while. (laughs) I didn't do that, but... Not you, but I remember there was like... There was a a period of time when that was a thing. thing. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's more important to have a fan than it is to have the five bucks or ten bucks from your CD. And, you know, I went through the phase of, like, texting everybody to come to shows back when, like, T9 texting was the thing. And you Whoa. didn't have smartphones. And it took forever. I but, I mean, I did all of that. You had to and push the button four times to get a damn S. <laughs> oh, my God. You Gen took, Zers don't understand. It took so long. <laughs> and, you know, so I did all of that. And, like, you just, it, it, the hustle has changed. Yeah. The... And the only thing that I would say that's 
I, that maybe I don't personally love right now that's different is just the short attention span that people have now because of things like social media and because of things like TikTok, because people have seriously, seconds, one minute. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to say 20 seconds, like with <laughs> reels, you got 20 seconds to tell your story or I, mean, I don't need 20 minutes, but maybe like a minute or like two <laughs> would be dope if you just give me that much and you know with people just wanting to do single after single after single I'm an album person I want to hear your entire story and that dates me because people just don't <laughs> that's want not that today's world yeah. Yeah. yeah and the expectation but how do you find my question is how does your audience find that like in theory the industry is dictating something different but are you finding that your audience that you've had for the last 20 years is still buying your albums versus going like are you getting feedback that that's not what they want anymore or <laughs> what's so interesting is that with matriarch this is the first year that i did not print cds and i thought there might be a riot with some people they're like <laughs> wait what and i'm like okay where do you put said cds now like <laughs> I, does your computer actually have that still your car i don't I hardly have places to put CDs anymore. Uh, I don't know. So I've like agreed to print, like hand print several CDs for these people. Cause I'm like, I want you to have what you want. But I did, you know, the pencil boxes and the journals that have a QR code that you can scan and download the whole album. I'm like, look, if you've got a CD player, then that means you can burn your own CD too. So knock yourself out. Well, speaking but, of and that And I line, love your packaging yeah. for Plus, those things. Well, yeah, let's, so let's talk about that, Lauren. Before the uh, before the show started, you were regaling me with just how much you really enjoyed seeing the way that she put these albums together, how much her daughter, Eliza, featured Eliza. into the packaging. Oh, yes. Yes. Oh. I think Eliza might be my new favorite person in general. Oh. Um, she's but so cool. she's she seems to be the artistic uh, designer for this new Matriarch album. 100%. If I she she did the cover art, she did the uh, the face painting, I believe. Hundred yep. uh, percent. But one of the things that I thought was super cute is the artwork. You know all those paintings that you let your children do and you stick up on your refrigerator and you don't know what to do with them. Um, Mary has this whole collection of her daughter's artwork that she's actually using to wrap the packages and send it off in. And her daughter's like super proud to watch her work go out in the world, which I think is great to inspire the next generation that their creations are things that people want to see and, uh, and welcome, which is really cool. Good and, job, Mom. Yeah. Thanks. And it gives people it a window into what Mary is about right now and what's going on in her life, which is something that Mary wants to share, and it's something that her fans certainly want to see. So that's really Picking cool. Picking into the history, she had actually mentioned, as I, sorry, giving away your own history, uh, she had mentioned a period of time when she was pregnant and didn't post anything whatsoever because she was afraid that that was going to turn her audience away that becoming a mother would end her indie music career. Mm -hmm. And she has since way transitioned to, it seems like, you know, her daughter is so much a part of her creation now. And uh, I'm glad that you made that transition. I think it, it's a good transition for you to make as a person. And that's really wonderful. I'm forcing my child in your face now, basically. <laughs> I love is, it. Is what I'm doing. And she loves it. She doesn't seem to hate it. That no. is the most dramatic child ever. She's like, the stage, what? Bring it on, <laughs> I mean, she is so into it, and I and it's so true. You know, when I had Eliza, my I, I hid my pregnancy. Oh my, oh my, I hid it, just because I thought. I mean, even doing like live, like concert window shows, I was like, I gotta make sure that it's above my belly, and I, you know, I just don't want 
to talk about it. I was super excited, but I just didn't want to not be called for a show, to not be called for vocal work or whatever, because that, I'm sorry, I don't care who says otherwise. That is kind of the feel, or at least, you know, been my experience, and a lot of people feel the same way. And the fact that it took me five years, basically, to put out more of my own original music is a little bit, I mean, it's, it's understandable, I guess, in a lot of ways, but also pretty telling about the world of moms and parenting that I wanted to be like, you know what, man, forget this. I'm a mom. I'm proud. Here's my music. Here's my child's artwork. I can still be a rad mom and be an indie artist. Um, take it or leave it. I don't care. Yay. So. And rad <laughs> is. Tilt. Uh, I've been enjoying the the post baby stuff uh, as much, if not more, than the pre baby stuff. It's uh, I'm digging matriarch, and I want the the viewers and the listeners to dig you as much as Lauren and I do. Uh, do you you have a performance for us? You, you want to sure. you have a song you can play? Yes, and I know we're limited on time, and the looping can take a minute. Would you rather me do something more acoustic and shorter than looping? Oh, I really... You tell me. I, well, how, how long? Because I really want the looping. How long are Let's we talking? Let's just go for loop, like four minutes. Oh, no, loop away. Don't you okay, worry. Four like, okay, it's not like a 10-minute yeah, long yeah, thing yeah. or anything. It, just, it takes a little bit longer to build it, so I'll quit talking and go for it. This is this ride. Let's do it. Let's see how it goes. Boom, kiss, boom, boom, ka, 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 boom, kiss, Get a giving in to a ride that has no age or height required. And now I climb the pivots, collapse and turn with every new change that we learn. Feel my heart sinking and burn. Still I hang on every word that whirls around. And now my throat chokes out. Just wanna make it out alive. How do I get off of this ride? 
my breaths, keep a smile when I'm scared to death, why not go lean to hold what's left, I'm no different than the rest of all of us, and while I scream and cuss, it changes nothing, can't get used to the depths that dies, just want to make it out alive, how do I get off of this Matriarch is available now. Mary Jennings. Mary, that was incredible. <laughs> Thanks. It's like, it's a lot of this. I feel like, uh, oh. I don't remember like playing an organ or like playing piano and the drums at the same time. Like your feet have to do so much remembering which button does what. Like that thinking, takes practice. That's impressive. Yeah. Now, Mary, I'm thinking really hard. Now, Mary, the looping was incredible, but I feel like at the end when the hang-ons came in, like you're just came showing off in. at that point. No, I'm saying like she had to remember which button she muted before to bring yeah. back. Like that's a oh, lot of yeah. coordination. Well done. Oh. It's like a dance. It's a, mm -hmm. it's a dance with my feet. It's yeah. quite a dance. Oh, Mary, thank you so much for sharing that with us. I am so happy right now. We have a couple Yay. minutes left, but I do want to get okay. this last question in. Sure. Before we let you go, do you have any last tips to share with the indie creators out there to help them move their careers forward? Be yourself fully. Uh, just do exactly what you want to do. Don't try and follow trends, because if you follow trends, you're always going to be behind it. Be you and let the trend find you. Right on. 
great way to close us out. Check her out at MaryJennings.com. Mary, congratulations on all your success, and thank you so much Thanks. for joining us this week. Thank you. Um, be sure to check out our guests. Next week, we have Jason Priestner, the front band for Vancouver-based Rare Americans. And on July 21st, we have Tommy Stalknecht, uh, the CEO and founder of Single Music. Lauren, thank you so much for hanging out with us as well. It's been great I talking to you. I hang out with you all the time. They just don't get to see me. Yes. and uh, You get to see behind the curtain. Again, uh, my <laughs> gratitude to L.E.K. Entertainment for everything you do to keep this show running every week. And my thanks to all of you. For checking out Break the Business, we will see you next week. 